Welcome back to Skincare Energy. This is your host, Esther, and I have such an amazing guest for you today. I am such a fan of her line. I think all of us are. We've pretty much all tried Peach and Lily at this point. So without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to their founder and CEO, Alicia Yoon. Welcome to the show, Alicia. Thank you so much for the honor of coming on to our little show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's And thank you for the kind, kind note about Peach and Lily. Yeah, no, it's such an iconic brand, you know, and I really, really love your products. I have loved them for a very long time. I remember even before I started Skincare Anarchy, I was a huge fan. So I'm really excited to interview you and I want to learn all about you actually um, to kind of get us started and uh, begin the interview. If you could walk us down memory lane, maybe tell us about how you started the brand and all of the great vision that went behind it. Yeah, so I grew up with severe eczema and, you know, growing up, I felt that I always had to choose between, you know, those powerful, hard-hitting active ingredients that would irritate my skin or gentle products, but they don't really do too much for my skin other than like hydrating and soothing. And, you know, I always was negotiating between the two. So um, the you know, mission behind Peach and Lily was to really create products that could be both. So you have those powerful, hard-hitting, concentrative, active ingredients, yet they're gentle and, you know, very um, suitable for even those with very sensitive skin. So that's sort of kind of the the thought process behind the brand. And um, it's funny how things work out because it's not something that when I graduated college, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start a skincare brand. Instead, you know, it was really like me trying to figure out my own skin. So studying skin and figuring out like how skincare really works, just because I really wanted to figure out my own eczema. Like I was going to dermatologists my whole life. And a lot of the solutions were more dealing with like the symptoms and my eczema would always just come flaring back. And you know, it was just something I struggled with a lot. And after a few years of really studying skin and like hands-on trial and error, getting to know how my body works holistically, I figured out a way to transform how my skin looks and feels. And I, it was sort of like this eye-opening experience because I was able to understand like what triggers my flare-up. So, yeah. oh, you know, if I do X, Y, Z, like if I don't sleep enough. If I eat these things, if I use things that are kind of harsher on my skin, okay. Like at least I know now, like I'm going to have a flare up versus before it was really just a lot of guesswork. Or if I use these kinds of ingredients, like I can really provide relief to my skin. Like I just started to really understand holistically how my skin works. And that was honestly, it really changed my life because there's something very empowering about like finally being able to figure out how my body works versus before it was always this cloud hanging over the back of my head, like just looming in the background where I was like, I don't know if I'm going to wake up today and what my skin will look like. So that started this, like when I really figured out my skin, it started this like passion for skincare. And then it became this like personal hobby where I was doing facials for friends, nights and weekends, like, you know, friends of friends, like if they have skincare questions, like that was just like something that I just loved digging into, whether it's somebody who's dealing with breakouts or hyperpigmentation. Like I was like, when it comes to skin, like, let's talk about it. And my, you know, dorm room in college afterwards, my apartment, you know, after college, like it was always like this skincare apothecary. And that was just my passion. But I always thought 
a job is like work. Like I never put two and two together until starting Peach and Lily that I could have like something I'm so passionate about be something that is my career path. So after college, I was an investment banker. Then I went into management consulting. And it really wasn't until I was in my 30s that I was like, I think I had just turned 30. And I was like, you know what? I want to do something entrepreneurial. And I want to do, you know, like when I had the notion like, wow, like Korean beauty, because I grew up in both Korea and the US. And, you know, it was interesting because every time I would do facials or like bring products over from Korea, because my parents still live there. And every time I would go visit them, I would just, you know, shop skincare and bring it back. It was so interesting. Like at that time, it was 2012. It's a globalized world. And yet Korean beauty products weren't available in the US. So at first I started off by, you know, Peach and Lily was bringing Korean beauty products over to the US. And then after I started Peach and Lily, I started to understand that like, wow, so many people in our community of customers, it's not just me who wants those products that are both powerful and gentle. Yeah, So many people have sensitive skin. And so that's when uh, we launched the product line with that promise in mind. And that was five years ago. Wow. I'm. By the way, I wanted to say a huge congratulations to you for your five-year anniversary for the brand. I mean, this is, you guys have just been, for me personally as a consumer, I really resonate with your journey in creating the brand because that's what the brand for me has been. You know, it's been an option that I know is going to work, but it never exacerbated any skin condition I ever had. So I know right now, like, and I'm sure, you know, Alicia, you've seen it, that people are so into buzzwords where they're saying, oh, you need soothing skincare or you need calming skincare. But then a part of me is always wondering like, well, what about just a line that does that automatically? You know what I mean? And it doesn't hurt your skin. And I feel like with Peach and Lily, I never had to think about as a consumer, is this going to flare up my skin in any way? Even though I don't know, you know, if you and I have the same kind of, you know, sensitivities, like it's as if you crafted a brand that was just, it's good for everybody, you know, and that's where I'm, I really get floored with you know the products and the wonderful innovation there because it works and it's still not going to be something that you have to be kind of you know uh, mindful of if you're recommending it to somebody or if you want to take it with you in a new climate that you're going to like on vacation it just works and I think that's so rare to find especially in the clean beauty space I think a lot of people um, aim to do that with clean beauty but I rarely see it being actually done so huge hats off to you from my standpoint as a consumer because you really yeah thank you so much for sharing that and that means so much like truly to hear that and I know also you know you're a doctor so just the fact that you know you're thinking about skin health and all of that so yeah that's truly awesome to hear thanks for sharing that yeah no I I had to tell you because I I really love the brand and it's really well crafted and I think one of my biggest questions um actually one of my biggest questions is where the name came from because I love the name Peach and Lily was that something that you know uh where was the inspo for that yeah so it's so funny like we wanted to make sure a few different things one is I didn't want it to be so like on the nose where we say like powerful and gentle skincare, like that's the name of the brand or like Korean skincare, you know, like I wanted it to be something a little bit more 
artistic and fanciful. And um, I, what I love about peaches and lilies are that number one, it's kind of this like nod to uh, our heritage in that, you know, it's based on Korean beauty innovations because peaches and lilies come up a lot in like Korean art motifs and are incorporated into like your lifestyle and so forth. And so that was one thing. I also wanted it to be like easy to remember, like available online, easy to spell. Um, but what I really love is that the ampersand in the middle of peach and lily. Yeah. Because things that are dualistic that people think cannot belong together, like powerful actives and gentle formulas, clean and clinical, you know, bold innovations and kind to skin and earth, like all of these things, you know, the and really signifies that we're really trying to make sure that you can have results and not trade off. So yeah, that's kind of the inspiration behind the name. I love that. I love that. No, it's it's a really cool name. And I, I didn't know that, that it shows up in Korean artwork. That's really cool. Fun. Yeah. Uh, My sister was a Korean, um, was an art history major and they got her master's in art history in Korea. And so, yeah, just being around her, I just, you know, <laughs> learned a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. I love that. That's really cool. I love art. And I think um, it's really cool to see, you know, where names come from. And your the name of the brand just always stood out to me. So I had to ask you. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I want to I wanna actually, you know, shift gears a little bit because I know that, you know, um, you guys did bring, you know, Korean beauty to the U.S. in so many ways for so many consumers. I know for me, it definitely, you know, I you're one of the first brands I ever discovered in the Korean beauty, um, you know, niche of products. And I wanted to ask you in terms of like, you know, because you guys revolutionized this glass skin phenomena. And I remember the first time I saw your wonderful serum and people were talking about it, raving about it, you know, the friends I followed um, on Instagram and just seeing it everywhere. And I remember trying it for myself and being like oh my gosh it's real you know <laughs> like it really does make your skin look beautiful and flawless and I wanted to just you know dive into that that serum specifically because it's so iconic and um you know I even to this day every time I use it I'm just in love with it so what's the story behind that that whole um movement with that serum yeah oh my gosh I'm super happy to hear about your results like that's like the reason why we pour so much into innovation. So awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, yeah so, you know, it's a, such a funny story when the serum was being created. What I really wanted to do was as an esthetician, I just know that when it comes to skincare, it has to be easy to use so that people can be consistent with it. And it can't be so difficult to figure out where you're like, okay, well then you need this in your routine. And if you're using this kind of active ingredient, then don't forget to also use this product. Like if it's like too many things that you have to combine, it gets confusing for people and you know, you're just not going to be consistent. So what I really wanted to do was create a serum where it just made it very easy, universal for all skin types. So number one, it was really important what's not in it so that it's not irritating. It's not harsh, but also number two, making sure that your skin foundationally gets like a lot of different things that needs to thrive. So for example, hydration is so important because if your skin is not hydrated, it's linked to so many other skin concerns too, like even hyperpigmentation, um, having your, you know, collagen and elastin production be optimized, like all of these things, you know, the starting point really, I always say is like hydration. And so yeah. 
it has hydrating, you know, hyaluronic acid in there, but also, you know, our skin just needs balanced like vitamins, minerals, fatty acids, and, you know, supporting that by including ingredients with that was so key for us. So we have mountain yam extract, peach extract, and also, you know, we face so many everyday stressors. So antioxidants, so important. So we also have 2% niacinamide also, which really helps with kind of like giving that boost of brightness and peptides as well. We also have calming ingredients like the active part of Sika. So it's this like very well-rounded formula. So when, and, and for me, it was like this foundational serum that you use to get your skin, you know, really thriving. Because I think the thing that a lot of people run to is if you have hyperpigmentation, you want to focus on the active ingredient for that you know, specific concern. But if you don't have this foundational support for your skin, that active ingredient may not work as well for you. Or actually when you get your skincare routine down pat with all the right ingredients in it first, like you have your foundational skincare done right first, you might actually notice that a lot of your concerns are already diminished. And so, you know, with the glass skin serum, that was the the thought process behind that formula. And when we were thinking about the name, I had heard the phrase glass skin once before in Korea, where somebody said Yuri Pibu, which is literally just says glass skin. And I thought that is such a perfect way to describe when skin is at its healthiest. Like, because again, as an esthetician, I see so many different kinds of, you know, skin types, skin journeys, et cetera. And healthy skin doesn't mean you have flawless skin, whatever that means. You can have breakouts, but your skin can still be healthy. Like if your skin is thriving, it's well hydrated, well nourished, et cetera. And you might be acne prone, but you still have that foundational kind of like healthiness to your skin. Then you have this luminosity that comes through, this smoothness, this clarity. And actually when your skin is healthy and you're focusing on skin health, some of those breakouts actually could be diminished versus let's imagine somebody who doesn't have any breakouts, but their skin's so dehydrated, you know, you're just going to have dullness. So for me, you know, that it's more about how you're supporting your skin from within. And so when we were figuring out the name for this serum, I was like, okay, glass skin is like the perfect way to describe, you know, your skin when you're, when you're really focusing on skin health. And Mm -hmm. at that time, glass skin wasn't a thing. Like it wasn't a phrase that people were using. And so I was actually very nervous. I was like, what if it doesn't resonate with people and people think your skin turns fragile like glass. So when we launched the glass skin serum, we launched it with so much education on glass skin, your healthiest skin yet, what does that mean? And that sparked an entire glass skin movement. Now there's more than a billion views on social media with the hashtag glass skin. Like, again, this was like, it it was interesting to see when you launch a product that you can also pioneer this entire movement around it. And I love that because it just sparked this movement of education around healthy skin. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's what I noticed, um, you know, when I first discovered it was everyone was speaking about it. And I, I love how you explained that, by the way, thank you for diving into the, 
it's the real meaning of what glass skin is because I'd never heard it for either as a consumer. And when I, it immediately resonated. I think it does, you know, with all of us that are very much into our skin care and our skin health is this idea of not necessarily perfect skin, like you said, but more so like healthy, glowing, you know, nourished skin. And that's something that nobody, I, I, I didn't really see anybody saying that, you know, from a brand perspective, it, it was very new for me, even as a consumer. And I think it also made me gravitate towards the idea was that it's promoting that it's promoting good skincare and being on a routine and, and sticking to something that's actually going to work. Because when you tried the serum, and this is something I feel very passionately about, you know, just for everyone listening, I think a lot, a lot of us can relate to it is that when we get into a product or, you know, some sort of thing that we're trying to accomplish, it's a lot easier to stick to it when you have something that's kind of a catchphrase that goes along with what you're trying to accomplish, right? It's like a kind of a vision board or an end goal, you know, that you might have in mind. And for me, at least it helps. And I think having that, you know, label of glass skin, it really helped me discover that this is what I believe my skin should look like at its best, is this idea of beautiful skin. It doesn't have to be poreless and perfect or whatever, but it does have to glow. So I, I completely resonate with, you know, what you said, because that's really, you know, that's how it came across. And truly, it 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 is and it was a revolution. So, you know, huge hats off to you and your team for for bringing this to us, because it was it was huge. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No, Thank I mean, it's, it's really cool. It's cool that you guys were able to do that. And I think a lot of brands have followed in suit. But I, I think a big question that comes to mind is, you know, when we talk about Korean beauty, um, for me specifically, I am always still confused because I think there are so many gems in K-beauty that we don't really learn about as um, consumers that might not have visited Korea or lived there and understood the culture. So my question is for you, what were some of the big ingredients or takeaways that you wanted to make sure that you brought to Peach and Lily, you know, from K-beauty specifically? I know that you probably adapted a lot with like what you knew from your professional experience, but like if you were to think of, you know, some specific ingredients that you took away from the products you grew up loving, you know, um, what were those? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one, one ingredient category that I'm very excited about is um, in the States, you know, we're now starting to hear a lot more about biotechnology and what that can do for skincare. And ultimately, you know, that is all about um, fermenting ingredients. So you can kind of take ingredients and extract them. So if you let, like, let's just imagine like, I don't know, an apple or a peach, let's take a peach. Um, and let's imagine that you're just like kind of squeezing the essence of the peach out and you put it, you're putting that in your skincare. Obviously it's a lot more you know, more process steps than that, but that's more or less what skincare has been about, you know, extracts and, you know, of course, like synthetic ingredients as well. Biotechnology is really interesting because you're able to use a lot more ingredients in mm -hmm. skincare because you're able to break them down in different ways versus extraction. You can kind of break them down through an enzymatic process through fermentation. And so, a, it's a lot more sustainable. B, you're actually able to incorporate a whole new world of ingredients. Um, and C, like fermented ingredients are very interesting because you usually get the molecule size down pretty small. So it's a lot more absorbable by skin. It's 
usually very like nutrient dense. It's very biocompatible with skin typically. And so for this reason, you know, it's kind of seeing a lot of spotlight. It's it's like the new frontier skincare. But what's interesting is in Korea, fermentation has been around for a long time. Part of it is that, you know, like kimchi, one of the core staple side dishes of Korean, it's like fermented like radish yeah. leaves. Like yeah. that's just like also like soybean ferment. Like this has just been something that like for, you know, like thousands of years has just been like a staple in Korea. And so in skincare, you know, having fermented ingredients has been a thing for a long time. So while it's this new kind of frontier um, in Korea, it's been this art that's been around for a long time. And so, you know, it's not always the straightforward process. Um, There are different fermentation technologies and how, you know, sophisticated those technologies are that really lends to the ability to have the results be a lot more superior and you know even the process of making those ingredients be a lot more sustainable and cost effective etc so you know that's something that i've always found very interesting and we have fermented extracts in our skincare products um i also really love you know very soothing ingredients so because our products are formulated to deliver both right you have powerful hard-hitting active ingredients like 10% glycolic acid, but these formulas that are otherwise typically known to be very harsh are made gentle for those with sensitive skin. And we do that through a lot of innovative things, but one of which is combining it with very soothing Korean herbal extracts that are proven to be very kind of actively calming on skin. One of the ingredients that come to mind is Sika, Centella Asiatica. And so, you know, we use a lot of Sika in our products. Um, So it's these really time-tested Korean herbal extracts that I also really, really love. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, the fermentation concept is, yeah, I love that you mentioned that because it's very new to me as well. Like, I think um, I've only heard about it a few times. And uh, to be honest, I don't know really what goes into it in terms of bringing it to the States. I know that it must be so different in Korea compared to here. Um, You know, were there any hurdles for you? Like, as you're as you're kind of adapting that, I mean, that's kind of a general question too. Like, you know, when you bring over any kind of, I think, cultural um, aspect or any innovation or technology, there's always this, uh, I guess, transition part, right, uh, associated with it. So was there anything, um, any hurdle with bringing that over or is it pretty seamless? Yeah, I mean, anything that we launched, we always launch it with a lot of education because, you know, there is so much science behind the formulas as well as new ingredients that we're introducing that aren't as well known in the U.S. market um, yeah. or, you know, beyond, let's say, Korea or some of the Asian markets or even within Korea, because we are always looking to novel research. There are just maybe things that are not as, you know, commonplace, right? So, for example, niacinamide is an ingredient that now so many people know about. But one thing is like in our retinol for all renewing serum, it's actually a patent pending formula because, you know, retinoids, the way that it kind of works with skin is it there's like this biochemical process that kickstarts when retinoic acid is received by skin cells where all these great things happen, right? You have more collagen production, smoother skin texture, et cetera, but also IL-4 receptors sprout up that trigger inflammation. So that's why retinoids usually are it's accompanied by visible signs of inflammation. Um, some people may not notice it as much, but you know, those IL-4 receptors, you know, it, it, depending on your skin type, how much sprout up is kind of varied, but 
you know, that IL-4 receptor is sort of this biochemical process that skin just goes through. And so we leaned on novel research where it was shown that if you combine ectoin with retinoids in a certain way, the IL-4 receptors are kind of, you know, really stamped down even before they sprout up. So you're stopping irritation at its source. So this is an example. And we actually, you know, where rubber meets the road, we actually instrumentation tested this. And it was really exciting to see that not only are you seeing 0% irritation as measured by transepidermal water loss, you're seeing that over time, I think it was like eight or 12 weeks that your skin barrier actually even gets stronger. So it's a really big game changer for the retinoid space, because obviously that's the gold standard ingredient when it comes to accelerated signs of aging, but we made it gentle for even those with very sensitive skin. And so even things like that, that just has so much education we have to do behind the product when we launch it, because again, we're doing very innovative things with the formula. So to answer your question, it always just comes down to education. And, you know, nowadays it's like making sure we're meeting consumers where they're at. So if it's on TikTok, education in bite-sized ways, if it's on our PDP and you really want to dig in, it reads sort of like a college thesis with very rigorous studies cited, et cetera. So, you know, you can kind of dig in like where you feel comfortable, but, you know, outside of that, I think even if the education is not something that you're leaning into, or you're really grasping as easily, because you're just more like, I'm like a skincare newbie. I just want to use the products. It's all about the results. You know, even if you don't understand fermented extracts, et cetera, when you just use a product and you're seeing, it does what it says, you're seeing the results. It's also not, you know, progress for your skin, but three steps back because your skin got irritated and you're just kind of seeing the results without that, uh, those downsides. I think that alone is just, you know, the, the Testament and that word of mouth marketing has been a really big pillar for us. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think that that's huge though. What you said about the retinol um, product. I mean, I know that Right now, retinol is definitely, I mean, all vitamin A derivative products are really kind of buzzing because people, I think, are finally realizing that there is a lot of damage that also occurs when you're having something that's causing literal cell turnover. I was was literally talking about this on like a TikTok I had made about how I love products that have um, you know, components in there that are either antioxidant or anti-inflammatory related because that just elevates the results you're going to get without you know having that irritation and i think consumers that level of like you said that level of education and understanding um it's very hard to find you know because of lack of transparency from a lot of places including some brands you know and i think that when you guys do what you're doing and you're putting that out there and you're being honest like hey listen aisle four receptors are you know upregulated that means your body's going through inflammation that's huge because even though consumers like even if we don't initially understand these terms and these like scientific mechanisms and how things are playing out eventually they become part of that culture of understanding beauty and i think that's where like real change happens is when we give consumers an opportunity to dive in and like you said like pick you know pick your poison in a way like how much do you want to know you know and if you want to know more it's there for you to learn. So I really applaud you for that. That's really cool that you guys are putting that information out there because a lot of people don't do that, you know? 
It's, yeah. it's mostly like big words, you know what I mean? Like overarching terminology that is used. So I, I like that you guys dive in and are specific. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And also it's interesting because I think that, you know, if you like, you know, sometimes it's easy to kind of market things just based on trends, right? Like, yeah. for example, like when it comes to like niacinamide, more is not more. You don't need 20% niacinamide. In fact, like too much could be irritating. Whereas, you know, two to 5% is proven to be incredibly effective. And so, you know, one thing we always do is we always lean on the science. We don't lean on trends. We always lean on, you know, the actual evidence. And then we really educate on that, even if that might be the harder path. I think in the long run, that is the path that consumers deserve. And I think that when it resonates with them because they see the results, then, you know, they, they come back to it. So it's not a shortcut, but I think that's just, you know, that's one of our pillars to do things with that, um, you know, just with it's science backed and it's transparent. And there's like, you know, just a focus on, you know, making sure consumers are getting the best thing, not necessarily the trendiest thing per se. And so, you know, I think we really do embrace and lean into, yeah, the research, the big terms, like all of those things. Um, Yeah. Even if it just requires more education and marketing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That's it's phenomenal, and it's the right way to do things, in my opinion. Because I think right now there is a lot of terminology, and I and I actually want to ask you this question because you guys are one of the few brands that I think, in my mind at least, as a consumer, especially someone who has a science background, I still believe in the word clean because of what you guys are doing. You know, I think that there's a huge space here for doing clean beauty in a specific way where you're not compromising on the science or the education of scientific principles. You know what I mean? So I want to ask you that about how that's been, you know, that journey, because you guys are a clean brand, but you're very scientifically forward thinking. And so um, in your opinion, where do you think this term really falls now, you know, looking at the current landscape of the industry and also how you've positioned your brand, you know, what does that word really mean to you now? And how's it kind of evolved? Yeah, I love this question because we always say we're clean and clinical and you don't have to trade off. And obviously clean is not a regulated term, so it can mean anything to any brand. For us, you know, what we mean by clean is if there is, because, you know, as you know, as somebody who is, you know, a doctor and I'm sure looking at so much research, you know, there's constant research being done and, you know, science and research, it's never stagnant. So things are not, you know, super, super definitive until, you know, at a certain point, you know, we're like, okay, we're very comfortable saying like this causes this and that there's so much research done around it. So there's a definitive perspective here, but even then, you know, there's like research that can be done where it's like, oh, interesting. There's this nuance about that. And so the way we think about clean is, what we don't do is fear monger. We never say, here's our list of ingredients that we exclude. If another brand includes some of those ingredients, oh my goodness, like that's so bad for your health. Don't use that. We never say that because there are some ingredients on our list that are more definitively like those should just not be in personal care products, period. But then there are other ingredients on our list. That's great, right? Where it's like, well, I don't know. Some studies say that it's probably not like 
that bad for your health? And some studies say, I don't know, there's some like pink flags here, right? And so for us, we lean a little bit more on when in doubt, let's, let's just leave it out because innovation and science and cosmetic chemistry has come such a long way. And we can really push the envelope where we can say, we can actually exclude that and still come up with a sensorially delightful, very effective formula. So why include those formulas, right? So on our list of things that we exclude are things that are all like ranging from pretty definitively harmful for skin to kind of gray. Um, And then also on that list is we keep it clean for skin and earth. And so you know, that's kind of the way that we define our list, because again, we just want to offer the highest standard of clean without trading off on the highest standards of clinical efficacy. So it does take a longer time to get those formulas right. But yeah. again, that's just the way we approach it. And the way I always explain it to consumers is imagine this is like a funny analogy, but imagine you're opening up your refrigerator and, you know, you have ice cream in there, like, I don't know, like a non-organic apple and then like farm fresh organic, like farm to table, like blueberries, you know, we all know ice cream is not good for you. And so we don't have any like ice creams, for example, once in a while, if you have ice cream, is that going to be like the end of the world? No. So we're also not saying like, oh my goodness, like you can never have ice cream, right? We just aren't making ice cream. Now there is also just like that thin skin fruit in there. That's not organic. Is it the end of the world for you? I mean, wash it well, eat it. It's probably going to be okay. But also, I guess if you're always only having like apples that might have a lot of pesticides on it, et cetera, like, is that maybe going to bioaccumulate at one point? Maybe, you know? And so for us, we say like, we are offering that farm fresh, you know, every, you know, like we're thinking about every step of how that blueberry has been made, et cetera. And again, it's not to say we're saying like throw out the apples and ice cream in your refrigerator, but if you want that option, you know, we want to strive to give it, give that to you. So it's just a nuanced way we're approaching it because I really don't believe in marketing through fear mongering. I think education has to be a really balanced view of what the research shows. Um, But it also doesn't mean that we have to settle for you know, the best we can give you is, you know, things that are sort of gray, we're going to put that in there anyway, like we just didn't want to do that. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's a really, that that's a really good way to think about it. And I think that really applies across the board as we look at our lifestyles as well. I mean, I, I really enjoy thinking of it from that approach, because there's never going to be I mean, science takes so long to have a definitive answer of yes or no. You know, as scientists, we're literally trained to say, we don't know. You know, we have no idea yet. There's going to be eventually enough data to say yes or no, but that takes years and years and years. So, you know, going back to the point you made, it's absolutely logical to be, you know, be mindful, but then don't be so stuck, you know, to where you're like, oh, if it's not a yes or no, there's, it must be bad. That's not true. Because I remember, you know, if you think back into science, like if you think back 20, 30, 40 years, and you look at what we have now compared to back then, I mean, we've come up with so much technology that back then people would have been like, absolutely not. You know, that's never going to work or it's it's never going to be a thing. I mean, we we've, we make strides every day, like you said. And so it's expected to see that reflected. Like for me personally, as a consumer, I would rather see it reflected in the brands that I support than not. You know, because I feel like there's a really thin line and I don't know if you agree or not, but 
clean beauty to me was always this, I don't know, a stamp that said, well, we've only worked with so many ingredients. You know what I mean? We've never, we've never actually gone onto the other side and looked at all of the clinical data around these like possible innovations. And I didn't never like that. That never sat well with me as a consumer. And that's where I feel like, you know, it is really important to say things like what you mentioned, clean and clinical, because that is a more you know, resonating message for consumers like myself, I think, that want the innovation. We want the science, but we don't want the extremely toxic stuff in there. And, you know, if we're being honest, I mean, one of, I don't know, like when people talk about clean beauty, I always like to say, well, do you use sunscreen? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, then do you really believe in pure clean beauty? Because I don't think that's applicable. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't, it's like a kind of an oxymoron because there's no such thing as completely mm-hmm. no toxins, you know, everything is, yeah, it's just, it, it's it's kind of interesting. But I, I really like the way you guys do it. And I think that, you know, the results speak for themselves at the end of the day. And it's just, it's a really good feeling to know that you've put that thought in and that you've thought about what are the options we can use that are not going to be you know, like you said, pink flags and and trigger points. So I, I really enjoy that. And I think that when brands put that much effort into something, it means so much to us as consumers, because I firmly believe in the idea that, you know, when you resonate with a brand, you're going to come back and shop again. It's never just about products, I feel like, especially in the current landscape. You know, you want to connect with that brand on the philosophies and the visions. And yeah, so I, I love it. I love your approach. Amazing. Oh, I love hearing that, especially from people with a science background, because, you know, I know that you see all the research out there and how it's evolving. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a kind of a wild frontier right now, you know, wild, 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 wild west right now with the scientific community as well. You know, we, we don't know, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes right. we're just- we're just as confused as everybody else. So, you know, we might as well just all be confused and figuring it out together <laughs> than just labeling. Right. Yeah. But I want to ask you, Alicia, you know, what are some things on the horizon? Because I know you have five amazing years on, under your belt as a brand. And I, I, you guys have done such great things so far. I can't wait to see what's coming up. Um, anything you can share with us? Yeah. I mean, we are always looking at, you know, new innovations, et cetera, like, I am very, very, you know, focused on also things that are like skin barrier focused because of my own issues with my skin, um, you know, hydration focus, et cetera. And just like, you know, things like that are always top of mind for us. And then um, education is always top of mind for us. I think when it comes to education, again, I think with the, you know, just proliferation of like skincare information online, on TikTok, like where, wherever, like we're getting so many inquiries from people. We, one service we've always had is anyone who asks us a skincare question, you don't have to be a customer. You don't even have to be an email subscriber with us. If you email us at hello at peachandlily.com or ask lily at peachandlily.com, an in-house licensed esthetician is personally answering your questions. It's just a complimentary service. And one thing that we and, and we we do that because we genuinely believe that if our mission is to empower people on their skincare journey, you really want that vetted information. And so, um, we see so many more questions come through where people are like, "I'm so confused" because there's like this point of view here and this point of view here, and they're like directly contradicting, like which one is right. And so we are leaning into education more than ever before, where we are trying to show like 
that balanced view? And sometimes the answer is, well, they could both be right because research is contradicting. Like it's not definitive. Um, so, you know, here's the information. And now that you're empowered with the information, you can kind of see how you feel comfortable with that information. Right. And, or sometimes, you know, we're like, actually this, this, you know, source is accurate. Like this is more of a myth. And that's just kind of like common thinking that maybe that ingredient works that way, but actually it doesn't. And, you know, it's based on maybe even like this, you know, small study from the 1960s that's then been, you know, proven to not be, um, you know, the conclusions aren't really what they seem, you know, et cetera. So, There's just like so much more education that we're leaning into because our community is really asking those questions. And I think it's a great thing that people are seeking the the reason, the whys behind things now. But I think at the same time, it's tricky because there's so much more information now and it is confusing and it is a lot to navigate and it is hard to know what is the source of truth. And so, you know, we really strive to be that source of trust for our consumers and our community by just providing the information. And sometimes, you know, it's not the most satisfying answer because you're sort of like, honestly, the jury is still out on that one, but that's just what the data says so far, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I love that you, you guys are focusing on education. I think that is, um, you know, the next frontier in in general, you know, the more consumers understand, the better we're going to be able to appreciate the products. I love that. And that's really exciting. So I'm excited. I love everything you guys make. So I know that any new launches or anything that comes up, I'm going to be first in line. And (laughs) I know there's a lot of people that can uh, agree with that, that you're just a wonderful brand. You've created something truly magical. So thank you for bringing it to us and, and for continuing the journey because we have a lot of brands out here. You know, there's a lot of options, but I think it's really something there's something to be said about brands that can stand the test of time and and really would stand all of the fluff, you know, that's what I like to call it personally, but you know, it, it becomes apparent that it's fluff versus the good stuff. So I, I really appreciate everything you guys are doing. Amazing. Thank you for that. That's really, I'll have to share with their team as well. Like all of these notes are always just so encouraging for our team too, because they do, we do pour so much energy into getting it right. Yeah, I know it comes through. It really comes through. And as consumers, we appreciate you guys because I know that Peach and Lily is, you know, a huge fan. It's a huge favorite, you know, in the social media community, especially I've seen it around um, on everyone's feed. You know, every person I follow personally, um, you know, has nothing but great things to say and rightfully so. So I'm huge congratulations on your five year anniversary for the brand and thank you so much for coming on to skincare Anarchy and sharing your journey and your vision and telling us all about the brand it's been such an honor to host you amazing thank you so much and thank you for all that you do as well and yeah huge fan of your podcast so very honored to be here Thank you. And for everyone listening, I hope you guys loved this episode with Alicia. And if you have any comments um, about Peach and Lily, about the show, anything, please chime in, send us an email, leave us a comment. We love hearing from you guys and I will be back next time. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you so much.